Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Welcome to episode 90 of Let's Talk Loyalty. And today I am chatting to Roz Neto, extremely well known for her fantastic 10 years work consulting on loyalty programs in South Africa. Last year, Roz took on a fantastic client side role for the first time in her own career and has had the opportunity to take a very well loved and mature loyalty program and enhance it even more. She has been working with the Real Foods Group and launching a subscription-based loyalty program for a particular fast casual restaurant branch called Kauai. In today's show, she talks us through firstly the importance of redemption as a key point in the loyalty journey, as well as some of the early learnings from the subscription program, which was launched just eight weeks ago. So, enjoy this fascinating conversation all about subscription loyalty, particularly the fun of launching in a pandemic and some of the great lessons she's learned. So, Ross, I am delighted to have you with me here today. I know you are speaking to me from uh, Cape Town, South Africa, uh, which I think you're from, but you might have to correct me on that one. Um, But I think there are probably very few people who have been brave enough to move into uh, the restaurant industry in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm extremely excited to hear about the move that you've made, the incredible work I've been following that you've been doing over the last number of months, uh, because it is a very exciting uh, time for you. But before we get into to all of the uh, loyalty work, please tell me first and foremost, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Thank you, Paula, for having me today. Um, I am indeed from Cape Town. Cool. So that is correct. Great. Um, but absolutely, my, my favorite loyalty statistic, and there are so many to choose from, but this one has really resonated with me from my consulting days at Truth through to, to my role now, is, is really that power of redemption and why there is such a strong correlation between redemption Mm -hmm. and the success of a loyalty program. Okay. There are many measures out there naturally that, you know, uh, yield the success of a loyalty program, but really one that has stuck with me um, statistic wise is one I came across during my consulting days at Truth. And it was by Bond Brand Loyalty Mm -hmm. who release a annual loyalty report Mm -hmm. and they still do do so today. But this one, albeit a few years old, um, really stuck with me. And it it goes like this. Loyalty program members who do not redeem Mm -hmm. are 2.3 times more likely to defect than those who redeem in the last 12 months. Wow. So that is a phenomenal stat. Yeah. And um, why I really love it so much is it places that emphasis on that important role of measuring redemption mm-hmm. and what impacts redemption. Mm-hmm. And of course, the role it plays to ensure your customers do not churn and actually see value in your program. Mm. 
Wow. That is an incredible statistic, Ross. And I think I said to you when we spoke last time, the real intention of even asking that question from my side is to give, um, I suppose, first of all, instant value. So really, so we can learn something from you as quickly as possible. But also, I've often said on this show, Ros, um, I've often found myself in a position of maybe having to defend a loyalty program. Um, and again, given your consulting background, I'm sure you've done plenty of that as well. But to me, that's something extremely useful. I could literally sit in front of the CFO and say, well, look, if we don't incentivize, encourage and ensure the um, appropriate redemption levels and, and claiming of rewards, we're going to lose the customer for sure um, 2.3 times, as you said. So I think that's incredibly powerful. Absolutely. You know, and I think there is always that fine line between, you know, how much you give away versus what your breakage rate should be and you know the old old age loyalty measure of high breakage low redemption yeah um or sorry low low breakage high redemption but um ultimately that has shifted completely the yeah. dynamic in, in measuring loyalty program success and I think what I've experienced over the last few years is really that loyalty program owners or creators really do spend or emphasize that earn journey mm -hmm. and it's not and I think it's somewhat disproportionately uh, emphasized and, and why yeah. I say that is naturally you want people to engage at the start of their journey in this loyalty program mm. you know that it's that hook it's that piece that yeah that really gets them into the program how do I earn and and there are multiple ways in which brands actually offer you know, earning activities to the customer, you know, they're non, they're transactional. So yeah. actual spend based yeah. or is it non-transactional these days? So is it behavior based, you know, have I reached my fitness goals this week and mm. you're rewarding me, mm. you know, or is it by channel? So, you know, brands trying to incentivize or the, the adoption of specific channels. So therefore, mm. you know, I'm maybe accumulating a lot more, uh, points if we use a points-based currency in, in that regard where maybe when often mm. the focus on the redemption process and yeah. the actual offer yeah. is maybe not as um, sophisticated or thought through yeah. you know and and I really mean that because I you know there are some brands obviously that get the entire journey as seamless and convenient as possible offering really relevant rewards but yeah yeah but what we do find is that, you know, it goes beyond just mm. the value of the reward. So mm. the, the reward itself yeah. could be absolutely, you know, invaluable, money can't buy. Mm. But if if the journey to get there is, you know, a complicated journey with hidden rules, um, yeah. with too many loopholes, you've lost the customer, yeah. you know, no matter yeah. how seamless the earned journey was, yeah. um, no matter how wonderful the reward is, if that journey, if that experience to get there was complicated, you've lost the customer, right? Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, it really just speaks back to to the fact that, you know, customers, again, who redeem and find value in the program are more likely to stay. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, is another very popular loyalty st statistic sure. around, you know, yeah. the cost of acquiring a new member as opposed to retaining your existing ones. Yeah. Cost is far less to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. So those tie in really well. 
And you know, you reminded me, Ross, I'm scribbling a note here. Um, I remember um, being brought in just to look at a programme once and it'll remain nameless for now, but it's exactly the point that you mentioned about um, the process for redemption. And there was a, a, a really big flaw in the particular programme in that the, the company operating it wanted a fixed price for the rewards they were giving because they were using an agency. Um, so they didn't want it to fluctuate, which I totally understand. Um, so what the agency decided to do was make it as difficult as possible to redeem. So when you think about yeah. the conflicting priorities, I mean, I was absolutely appalled at the, the customer journey for the rewards. And I was like, I get the business reason, but honestly, could we not find a better solution? Which we did, of course. Um, but again, I suppose sometimes an external perspective. But I love that you're focusing so much on reward. And certainly today, when we get into the, the work you're doing at the moment, um, that's obviously a key part of the work you're doing right now. So I'd love to get into exploring. Um, I know you did 10 years with Truth, so um, phenomenal credentials there, uh, obviously with Amanda. Um, so very well known um, in the South African loyalty industry, but you did decide to move client side, obviously, last April. So how did yes. that decision come about? Oh, well, Paula, I mean, it's yeah, wonderful years at Truth and, um, you know, being in that consultancy role for a good few years really exposed me to multiple industries. So, you know, I had the privilege of working across whether it was retail or financial services, um, you name it. And um, under, again, like you've just mentioned, the guidance of, of yeah. Amanda and the Truth team, mm -hmm. um, I, really, I really got to a point where, um, I needed to explore the operational side of running a loyalty program mm -hmm. and operational meaning really just honing in on, on a brand or in my case, it is actually a few brands, but um, within one industry sector, really learning the perspective from the brand side. And, and that experience is something I... I really admired with working with clients in the consulting side, um, but was never really exposed to, you know, as you, as you do as a consultant, you know, I really wanted to be able to roll up my sleeves and get fully entrenched in, in an activity from, you know, loyalty activities, initiatives, pro running a program from the brand side. So that is okay. a brave and bold move <laughs> I did make. Yes. Um, Brilliant. In April last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us, I know it's the Real Foods Group, um, but the yes. consumer brands. So uh, so tell us just all of the various different programs. I know there's one lead program we're going to talk about today, but just to give us a sense, I think it, literally it is a market leader, as I understand it. Yes, Paula. So um, the Real Foods Group is a multi-brand food group, mm -hmm. so based in South Africa. And it's comprised of seven brands who together really aim to be the leader in the natural food space. So really driving innovation in, in that field. Lovely. Um, one of which is Kauai, which is um, a very well-known, um, healthy, fast, casual restaurant group. Okay. And it is the largest in South Africa and the largest brand in the Real Foods Group portfolio. Okay. Um, so Kauai has been around for now 25 years and is 
in the in the group and as part of the real foods group the brand with the most mature loyalty program mm-hmm. and and offering to the consumer in that space okay um believe it or not they've been doing loyalty for 25 years um since they started wow um, that's brilliant so well, yes. yeah absolutely yeah and um having learned the journey they've walked uh, you know, their loyalty journey has been a fascinating one from yeah. the original physical stamp, stamp cards. Card. Wow. Is, yeah. Wow. Yeah, to the digital version of that in 2014, I believe. Yeah. And then with the resurgence or relaunch of the app in its current format today in 2019. Yeah. Okay. So they've been on a great loyalty journey. The other brands are um, still very, they're in the infancy uh, phases of loyalty and, and CRM. So okay. um, a lot of work to be done to be done there. Okay. But Kauai being the most notable to, to discuss today for sure. Wonderful. Wow. So I think we have to acknowledge that it's a visionary uh, company first and foremost. So yes, 25 years ago to, to have the stamp cards up and running, that's extraordinary. And I know it's it's very digitally um, oriented from what I've seen on the Kauai website as well. Um, but the biggest change I've seen um, is obviously the subscription loyalty program that you guys launched literally eight weeks ago, Roz. So so um, my first question really is, did you come and pitch this idea to the guys or or was this on their um, horizon or or who, where did the idea come from, I suppose, initially? Great question, Paula. I wish I could take the credit for <laughs> um, initiating it. Okay. No, um, uh, definitely. So in our industry in South Africa, Kauai have been the first to launch um the subscription model per se in this industry subscriptions is nothing new to the South African market. Sure. But it was really pioneered by our CEO, Dean Kowalski, mm-hmm. who um, is constantly driving innovation within our business, you know, learning from global counterparts such as Panera Bread, yeah. um, who also launched their subscription um, offer. I think it was early last year. Yeah. Um, and really saying, well, you know, what could or how could we top and tail this to really offer value to the South African market mm. that makes sense for the South African market? Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, when I started in April last year, um, there were plenty discussions had and lots of um, <laughs> you know, groundwork done already. <laughs> okay. Um but with, you know, like many brands experiencing the the pandemic and the hard lockdowns in different yeah. times of last year, um, whether or not that was something that either, you know, stalled the initial launch or, or launch or fast tracked it, mm. um, is really something we're proud to say that we could have delivered, you know, in January 2021, given the year that we've all had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so absolutely. I. We, we did work on it. We've, we've had to really be, uh, how can I say, very conscious of how we launch subscriptions, you know, given the lessons learned mm-hmm. throughout last year. Mm-hmm. Um, timing is extremely important as well, given, you know, in, in pre-COVID life, 
you would focus a lot on driving footfall into stores multiple times a day. Um, and this is where our subscription model is very different to your typical offer. Yeah. In that it's not a digital offering. It's not something that you can, yeah. well, to a degree, you can enjoy it in the comfort of your own home through mm. our delivery service. But, mm. you know, ultimately in a perfect world, we'd be driving multiple um, interactions with customers in the in-store environment, but that's where the perfect balance has had to come into play. And yeah, yeah. Offering is a a value to customers that is exceptional, a very high value, especially during tough yeah. economic times. Mm-hmm. Through a convenient, contactless manner that doesn't um, put any pressure on the customer yeah. or any risk of the customer of engaging with our um, in-store environment or, you know, you name it. So yeah. it, it has really been balancing those factors. And of course, yeah. you know, Kawhi's one of our key pillars as a business is being able to provide, you know, easy, tasty, accessible, accessible being the key word, health to customers. So mm-hmm. accessibility is is Mm-hmm. a very key um okay you know driver of subscriptions yeah absolutely and, and why we launched it too yeah and i do love the panera bread case study so i'll make sure that i put some links in the show notes as well ross uh, because cool. i know you guys again are looking globally um, at these best practices and i know we talked ourselves before um in the uk pret a manger has also done a subscription loyalty program espresso house in scandinavia and thrilled to hear that you're first and that innovation uh, coming through uh, for you guys in south africa for kuwait so um well done on um, on being first to market because you know as you said i hadn't even thought about the um, the challenge of uh, driving footfall i mean it's actually obvious as you say it but um you know just to to balance all of those various objectives in a sensitive way with the commercial objective but at the same time reassuring your customers that their health is is your top priority particularly as you provide healthy food so <laughs> i mean that's mm-hmm. a lot to balance huh absolutely and you know um i know we're, we're talking about subscriptions here but we um you know during the pandemic hard lockdown and um, months last year mm-hmm. you know we learned so much like many brands did and and i think what we really, um, how can I say, uh, enjoyed was the customer feedback that we got that, you know, as much as we were trying to do this balancing act in, in getting, yeah. you know, our stores back up and running when they were allowed to trade again, mm. it was what were the, the loyalty initiatives that we could top and tail mm. to make sense for the customers. So for example, part of the Kauai offering is a birthday reward. So if your birthday happened to be in those months of hard lockdown, or even, yeah. you know, as the restrictions eased, you know, customers were not as willing to, to you know, leave their their home that, that they've been nesting for a few months, you know? So yeah. it was up to us to really say, well, let's not make these rewards expire anytime soon. Um, Lovely. Bearing yeah. in mind, many of our stores are based in the gym environment. So Virgin Active Gyms. Okay. And 
those are only opened, you know, a good few weeks after normal trading stores open. So we had to be very cognizant of the fact that mm-hmm. your typical or your usual Kauai store um, was probably or most likely, you know, within a gym environment that that only opened, you know, a good few weeks after um everything else did. So it was really not penalizing, for lack of a better word, those customers for yeah. um, only having access to one one Kauai store in, in their area. Mm. So we extended rewards. We did a lot. And, and we still see that today with customers purchasing subscriptions and wanting to redeem their subscription mm-hmm. in that, um, you know, there's a, you know, they want to be able to get to our stores or get to the gyms, but there are certain caveats that we have to bear in mind the, the whole time mm-hmm. about customers having access to, mm-hmm. to our stores. So mm-hmm. the, the driver there, Paula, is really to drive, again, where the app has played a phenomenal role um, in our, you know, day-to-day mm-hmm. um operations of running the loyalty program and accessibility to customers is you know how do we then drive these additional contactless channels and mm. I think that's where we've really been at the forefront yeah I um, in our industry to be able to offer that value to customers through mm. own delivery or click and collect mm. married into the subscription um, model and loyalty offering okay and given, I suppose, the, um, you know, the, the inevitable debates and discussion that uh, subscription programs always bring, Roz, um, there always is this um, obvious uh, risk that, you know, you'll end up literally diluting revenue um, rather than building additional revenue. So, so how did you guys manage all of that? I mean, I can only imagine the complexity of the modeling. Um, and again, I know you work with um like lots of different products such as coffee which might have a higher margin and then smoothies which would have maybe you know I'm sure a very different margin so so how did you plan for the level of acceptable redemption and the risk of over redemption I guess great question Paula um you know we like you said we've been we've been live for about eight weeks now and it's been we're still learning um very much so on how our customers are um adopting subscriptions so there are almost two really important initial measures that that we've considered and that's the purchase the upfront purchase originally of the subscription itself mm-hmm. you know so how many subscription purchases are we driving versus that um, redemption piece you know so how many of the um, rewards available subscriptions available within your subscription offer should be redeemed before we start to dilute any margin. <laughs> and panic, yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, and that's that's really where we've started to play um, with the almost mechanics around the subscription. So, mm. you know, we launched with a big bang um, around the unlimited coffee. Every two hours, you'll get a, a, a coffee issued to your um, to your app for you to re- redeem okay. for thirty days. Okay, and that was probably one of the ones I think we were most <laughs> rightful for. Sure. Um, and you know what? It has, um, without giving away any uh, commercially sensitive information. Sure. We 
have seen that, you know, the, the adoption of whether it is that unlimited coffee or the one smoothie a day has yielded very different results for us, both positive results saying okay. that. Yeah. But what I mean by that is that, you know, naturally we, we've had to take margin and mm. all of that into consideration. But if we looked at the reason why we wanted to launch this in the first place mm. and marry it back to the results we're seeing, it's a different, it's a different ball game we're playing in. So what I mean by that is ultimately the intent for subscriptions for our customers were really, I mentioned this before, to offer, offer that exceptional value, yeah. that accessibility to health, mm-hmm. the convenience, mm-hmm. and um, you know, really making sure that they they it drives a change of behavior. Mm. Or is it a behavior that was was once for lack of a better word, again, normal prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think we're in a a different position here where we need to measure what was, you know, a normal uh, life cycle of a customer possibly going into a Kauai every day, twice a day, once a week. Yeah. Comparing that to what that might have looked like prior to COVID mm. um, or during COVID. And then, of course, the intent for subscriptions for our business, um, the measures that we we are tracking is that acquisition piece. So is it driving a new customer? Lovely. So, yeah. you know, that in itself usually has a cost associated to it. Sure. To wanting to acquire customers. So growing our, our base. Yeah. Um, offering new value to our existing customers, mm-hmm. which again is, you know, there's a cost to doing that. Yeah. So naturally if we could just start by ticking those two boxes, so acquiring new customers, but also retaining and keeping our existing ones happy. Yeah. It's worth, it's possibly worth, worth the commercial investment we're making into the offers that, that customers yeah. could redeem, yeah. you know, for their subscription reward. Then, of course, there's that drive and frequency, mm-hmm. which is, is a, a tougher measure today based on, yeah. you know, being sensitive to customers wanting to access our stores more frequently. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why we've made it available through any means where you order through the app. So whether it's delivery or click and collect. So making sure that there's an absolute contactless engagement. So there's mm. no risk to the customer. Mm-hmm. But of course, driving redemption, which goes back to my favorite loyalty statistic. Yeah. Is yeah. It is finding that e- equilibrium between the absolute group of customers that will try and redeem every possible yeah. um, offer within the subscription finding the balance of the sweet spot between those that use it well. So still redeem frequently, mm. finding the value in the subscription. And of course, then seeing what else they may be buying yeah. when they redeem their subscriptions. Yeah. So it is a balancing act. Mm. We have seen phenomenal results, albeit it's only been eight weeks, okay. but we have seen a positive, you know, double, double digit redemption rate. We've seen, um, you know, a positive incremental growth with with Super. customers purchasing, or yeah. sorry, redeeming their their offers. So yeah, 
Um, again, it is, it's still, we're still learning, we're still growing in this space, but those are, those are the key kind of measures we put in place to say, this is something that we yeah. will have to track over time. Mm. Given the validity of the actual um, vouchers associated to the subscription, right? Mm. So we can't just put a blanket um, redemption rate over subscriptions as a whole. It will have to be looked at or it has been looked at individually with some of them yep. allowing a 30-day allowance for you to redeem certain vouchers within that subscription. So, mm. yes, it is still early days, Paula, but ultimately, you know, what we will be measuring against is, is this acquisition of a new customer base? Have we grown a new customer? Have we managed to yeah. um, offer exceptional value to existing um, customers? Yeah. and the key there will be to see how they performed or behaved prior to purchasing a subscription mm. to how they behave now that they've got one. Oh, yeah. You know, are we seeing an increase in the typical measures like frequency, basket growth, et cetera? Mm. Goodness, there's so much in that, Roz, because... Um uh, you know, I think I said to you last time as well, I really believe that um, subscription loyalty is something every brand should be thinking about right now. Um, and, you know, we, we've, we're all familiar with it. For example, you know, it goes back, you know, we've we've had Netflix and magazine subscriptions, as you said, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So um, so I will be actually keen to, to understand as well if customers needed a lot of education. But even before I ask you about that, you know, I was just mm-hmm. thinking about all of the commercial benefits and what I'm loving hearing, actually, just as you talk through it, Roz, is your focus is very clearly on uh, the benefits to the customer. Like, you know, instantly, you know, you're instantly talking about the extraordinary value to consumers, which is just a lovely loyalty mindset. And just from the work I've been kind of looking at in terms of other subscription programs, there is all of the kind of, you know, share of wallet, um, obviously, to understand. And I think subscription brings that extraordinary opportunity. Like, I can't imagine subscribing to a coffee program and going anywhere else for a coffee. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely, Paula. And um, I think that's also the, the where we're learning which levers we can pull, which yeah. which products, you know, do we want to include in the subscription? And, and we yeah. can proudly say that we've chosen the ones that we know our customers love. Sure. You know, whether it is a coffee or it is a smoothie or um, a newly introduced subscription yeah. uh, that includes our uh, wraps, you know, so Kauai really well known in the space for their smoothies, for their wraps. And, yeah. you know, again, a conscious decision of us, of ours, not to force the agenda mm. too much on a specific product category we're trying to grow. Mm. Um, it is really saying, well, we know our customers love these, so let's start with these. Yeah. And, and who knows, you know, and, and as, as we learn more about how our customers will be adopting these in the future, yeah. we have that flexibility, luckily, yeah. to um add new uh, subscription offers as we learn learn mm. more from our customers. 
For sure. And what I'm hearing as well is that um, you're literally taking the time and the opportunity to build the trust. So because you're the first in your industry, because subscriptions require, you know, just a bigger decision, I suppose, for a customer than one coffee. Well, now I'm paying, I think I looked at it, it's about a $20 um, price point for your subscription yes. program. So that is a bigger decision for a customer. But I love the fact that you're doing it on the products that you know they want, that they're probably more likely to want on a daily basis. So then when you try and do it in more complex categories or, you know, you look to create cross-sell, then actually they'll be just totally open to that, hopefully. Absolutely, Paula. Um, we've, you know, you you mentioned it earlier, this education process, um, yeah. especially being, you know, first to market with such a tailored, you know, tailored subscription, if you want to call it that. It, it really, yeah. you know, you either you like smoothies or you like wraps, you like coffee, you can purchase multiple subscriptions, but it's at the end of the day, we as a brand need to be able to engage our customers so that they understand mm. what, you know, we as, as the team at Kauai have been staring at for many few months trying to figure out, <laughs> which comes as second nature. Yeah. Um, but explain this new functionality and, and, you know, Kawhi's ethos again is is all about the customer and, and that accessibility. And yeah, you know, in in what's almost been a year of me being working with the brand is um, any new functionality that we have launched from the app perspective or a loyalty initiative. We we learn to engage customers to educate them, you know, on the process so that they can actually reap the most out of what we're trying to yeah. um, to launch. But also, of course, it makes our job a lot easier once the customer has adopted it yeah. um, and that they then use it more frequently, et cetera. So again, you know, whether it was our own delivery last year or mm. order ahead when we first launched the app in 2019, mm. subscriptions is the same. You know, we it's an education piece. Mm. Um, to our customer, but also our staff, you know, and that's a really important um, yeah. uh, factor Community. to take into consideration. You know, it's not just the customers who are yeah. experiencing this for the first time. It's on an operational level, at store level, yeah. um, how are staff engaging in this offer? How do they communicate that to customers? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, again, is something, you know, I think, with you know a lot of of brands may fall short um you know we see it with loyalty launches is you know you can have this perfect amazing solution or offer but if you don't take the time to yeah really um execute it on you know to those that really need to serve the customer at the end of the day yeah um then you might as well pack up and go home <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree and I'd love to get um just on that piece about the staff mm. Roz because you know again I think as practitioners and consultants we know how important that moment of truth is um dare I you know use Amanda's lovely agency name again um but okay. I, I've often said you know here certainly where I live 
um, anytime I'm in an environment where there's a loyalty program um, available and the, you know, the member of staff is in, or asking or inviting me to join, like I really am quite judgmental in terms of how that's being executed because I know the pain <laughs> and the cost of the people behind that person, you know, have invested to create something that might fall very short, literally at that moment. So given that, um, I mean, obviously there's incredible um, legacy and and lovely history with the brand. And I'm guessing your staff are very loyal. And I don't know why I say that, but just the way you're treating your customers, I can imagine that your employees are, are the same. So were they, I would say, either excited or concerned? Would you say they were worried about delays at the till, for example, when they had to explain it? Or did they see it as something new? I would just love to get a sense of their concerns in executing this for you. Sure, Paula. So um, in our business, we really, um, and I'm sure I alluded to this, is that we do focus on how we execute this new functionality or messaging throughout the business. So it's not you know, just at a head office level, it's how do our, you know, from area managers to store managers to store staff across the entire country, yeah, you know, adopt this new functionality. So without, uh, and again, it's not unique to subscriptions at all. Of it's course. anything that, that we launch, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. in the business. And, you know, because, loyalty has been so inherent in the brand for so long okay um we there is all there's this uh, ethos that trickles down to you know all elements of the stores that that once you explain the benefit to the business okay so you know to the sorry, to the staff about the benefits back to the business okay. and how if they are more informed and and almost, you know, embrace the change, mm. they can serve the customer better, you know, and ultimately that is what we try to achieve. Yeah. It is always a challenge when you have, yeah. you know, 150 stores plus, <laughs> um, wow. you know, but, but it is, it is something that is very well executed in our environment. Um, and, and, you know, it's not just buy and again, it's, I think this is something, you know, we learned in our consultancy years where mm. it's, you know, one thing to have buy in from the boardroom table, but yeah. on execution where it really matters in that, moment of truth again just like you said yeah um you know when a customer asks the question I don't understand how this works can you please explain it to me yeah is empowering the staff to be able to do so and and we do you know um we have our means and 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 ways to do that Mm. um yes naturally you know you get your busier times during the day and um, that is always a operational concern you know it, it it you know we've got the operational team who will always, you know, um, make sure, um, possibly challenge mm. that will this, um, you know, hinder the the in-store experience, especially during peak times. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it really just goes back to our job again, sitting in the marketing team to say, well, how do we best land how this new functionality works mm-hmm. um, in the most simple explanation possible mm-hmm. um, and if the customer has any further queries or um, wants to read up on it 
you know, further, do we allow for those channels? Do they exist? And they do. So, cool. you know, yeah. to ensure that that buck doesn't stop at, at um, any one individual, mm-hmm. they have accessibility to whether it's more information on the app mm. or the website or our customer care team. So it is really looking yeah. beyond just that that moment of truth in the store environment possibly. Mm, yeah. But I also think um, you've taken, um, you know, a good approach just over the years. Um, so the fact that the digital app has been around already. Um, so I'm guessing the, um, you know, the, the conversion to to that digital format, I'm sure is very high. Um, I, I know you can't give me exact numbers, but now it's just one extra feature within that. So I guess the, the adoption is purely around just to position the benefit. And for me, I'm very, much of the mind that actually, yes, if I can, you know, either skip the line or, you know, literally scan to pay, which I know is the kind of function you have available. To me, that's an added, you know, total win, you know, in terms of my mind and $20 a month is definitely the kind of coffee <laughs> minimum mm-hmm. I would spend, uh, you know, again, in normal times. Um, everyone's a bit different at the moment, but but that just sounds like a really nice, um, you know, just approach to it, you know, explain to the staff why it's good for the business. Customer has the app already and again they've got multiple channels to find out more if they need to absolutely paula and again you know it's it's also making sure that that the staff have accessibility beyond that first launch phase you know that yeah you know if you do have any turnover of staff how available is the training material to your to your staff and it sounds so obvious Mm -hmm. but it really it is really you know the the those simple um accessibility points to customers that really or to our staff sorry for yeah. make, you know to, to be able to access um what they need mm-hmm. and and to your point again paula is yeah it, it, it we have luckily had the app running in its current format for two years and when we do roll up new functionality yeah loyalty is so is part of that ecosystem. So it never lives on its own. So whether you're ordering ahead or ordering for delivery or now subscriptions, yeah. it lives within that ecosystem. Brilliant. So yeah. um, it, it's, it doesn't require an extreme overhaul yeah. or training process necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And again, sometimes I think, um, you know, very complex companies like utilities sometimes do have to have different applications for for different parts of their business, which always to me sounds just so confusing, you know, to be the customer. Um, so the fact that you have that single-minded digital solution with all the benefits of the contactless and obviously the whole loyalty, even pre-subscription. And now, as you said, just layering that in on top, uh, it just sounds like it just keeps getting better and better. Well, we hope so. We do hope so. I don't have any more questions from my side. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Uh, no, just a, a big thank you. Um, you know, we we are very excited about the prospects of where subscriptions could go. Yeah. Um, you know, and we we know the the pros and the cons of being the first market. So we totally ahead of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, we do hope that you know we could share some more insights with you mm. in the upcoming weeks or months. And we do hope that actually you know yeah. Um, this becomes a behavior that does change 
how customers engage with brands going forward, mm. especially in, in, in our market. So we're very excited about the prospects of this. For sure. Well, I, I know I'm definitely not the only person who'll be picking your brains, Ross, on a regular basis. So <laughs> I'm sure there'll be influx of inquiries. And actually just on that, Ros, uh, where is the best uh, place for people to reach you? Is it um, maybe LinkedIn or what's the best place for people to find you? Absolutely. LinkedIn is is great. Um, fairly engaged on LinkedIn. So I'm happy for anyone to reach out to me there. Wonderful. Or get my details from you directly, Paula. That's no problem. That's awesome, Roz. Well, I'll make sure to link to you directly in the show notes as well so people can find you easily. So uh, with that, I will say Ross Netto, CRM and loyalty specialist from Real Foods Group in South Africa. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.